Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, it's Sue here, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Dominic Carter, CCO of News International. How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, thank you for being here. Well, it's, it's been a while coming. I'm really pleased to have you here. It's really I know, good. because I keep on shirking it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for facing us, facing the audience. Uh, Dominic joined News International in 1991 and held wow. various roles yeah, across the Sun and Times newspapers before leaving in 2000 to join Mirror Group as Group uh, Advertising Director in 2006. You returned to News International as Trading Director across the Times and the Sunday Times and then in- expanded your role in 2008 to include The Sun. You were then appointed Commercial Director of News U- UK in 2011 and then you were Managing Director in July 2015 and then finally G- CCO in January 2016. You're also a very keen motorcyclist and you're married with three kids. Sounds All bad. of that is true, and I, you know, I guess I worry about the gasps that, that <laughs> Sue uh, well. Sue just let out on, at the basis that I've been there since 1991. It makes me feel very old because a lot of the people that are listening were probably still in their nappies in 1991. So some of them won't have been born yet. I go okay, through this. Make it worse. I, I go worse through this day and day out because I joined here in 1990, and I think we should point out that we were children. We were children. We were children. Yeah. We were children. At the time. I left school yeah. at 14. Yeah. Um, <laughs> disadvantage. So. What does a CCO, what does a Chief Commercial Officer actually do? What did your last week look like? You know, I think the job titles have changed over the, over, over the years, you know, and you know, if you went back in time, uh, you know, the role of an ad director um, was essentially just running the sales operation, and, uh, and that is essentially what I do. Um, if there's any difference to, you know, my first role as an ad director, where it was specifically just around, uh, just around the advertising side of the department in all guises, you know, whether it's uh, classified in those days as it was uh, display, you know, we didn't really have digital back in those days, and for many of you, you won't believe that, but there was no digital business in those days. Um, today, it, is, it does encompass all of that, um, but it also encompasses um, other aspects of the business. So, you know, I get involved sometimes with uh, acquisitions, um, you know, certainly when we were looking at buying Unruly, I was involved with that, so you tend to network with a lot of the people from around the rest of News Corporation in terms of other countries around the world. Um, and that was, in that case, with Unruly, um, I was quite heavily involved in that. So so in most cases, um, it is it is uh, primary responsibility to bring the money into the organisation, um, to work with my uh, peer group, MD of The Sun, Dave Robinson, and MD of The Times, um, and Chris Duncan. So therefore, for us, you know, what we're trying to do is to make sure the long-term health of all of our brands and all of our businesses within them, you know, and that includes any innovation that's required. Um, what role does commercial play in play in that? So, so that's really what my what my role is. I mean, what did last week look like um, for me? You know, I think the days are the the, the days that the. the when I'm in the, when I'm in the office, um, you know, are, are taken up a lot with uh, meetings. Um, we've clearly got quite a lot of investment going on around um, our digital business. Um, there are still many challenges uh, that we face in our print business. You know, and innovation um, is pretty key to that. And you'd have seen the latest, uh, you know, ad innovation if you like in terms of the media first with Tesco last week. It wasn't easy um, mm-hmm. to do that. So a lot of the time is uh, is taken up in managing the editorial relationship. Um, but at the same time, you know, we are constantly in a in a process of evolving the business and looking at new you know, new innovation, looking for partners to bring on board for things like uh, Sunsavers. Um, so in that in, in that guys, a lot of what I'm doing is looking at the day to day, but at the same time looking at you know what have we got to do in the next three months, the next six months, the next mm-hmm. twelve months. So can can you just explain the Tesco thing for our listeners who won't have seen it? 
because I guess not so Tesco um, look the sun uh, the it's great is, isn't it yeah, yeah it's fantastic I mean it's fantastic it's fantastic for a number of different reasons but I think primarily that Tesco recognised the value of the, the value of, uh, of, of news media um, and, in, and I say news media because it's not just about the newspaper I think the standout thing you know that they've achieved is uh, is to get an ad on the front page yeah. of, um, of the sun and the mirror um, which I think is fantastic followed by you know an early page which in the mirror's case I think is um, is the inside page page two in our case is page uh, is page six so I think to be able to achieve that um, in a in a business that you know we're still we're still ultimately put we put the customer first and the you know in terms of the reader because the reader is the one that hands over the money every day um, you know and, in, and to be able to achieve that standout innovation and change in format to the book I think is you know it's quite incredible this I think age, I so. think one of the great things about it is that it's innovation in what people would regard perhaps in some instances as old media traditional media great innovations can still come about they still do both they in the paper do. as well as online yeah. um, we were talking before we switched the mics on about resilience and about the fact that the media industry has been choppy for so many years now and it's a big question but in your view what's the most important thing that that's both important and urgent for the media industry to get its head around to achieve this year so I, and I also, when we were talking earlier, I was saying I'm not sure it's only less challenging than it was than it, than it was a year ago. I think clients continue to question, um, and I, you know, and I think there's a there's a there's a big issue there around trust. Um, you know, and you know, we we talk about it a lot. We must um, be accountable to our clients. Yeah, we yeah. do need to be accountable, and you know, and as a media owner, I, I think it's incumbent on us equally to prove you know return on investment for yeah. clients as well. I mean, there's yes. no you know we crow a lot, or we hear you hear old media, if it were, as you described it. Crow a lot about you know about the rise of the, of the duopoly in, in terms of Google and Facebook having our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, but the reality is that you know we have something fundamentally different, and I think we should talk about the differences that we have and the quality of what we have, and be able to prove it. And I think that's pretty important. You know, and for the last couple of years, you know, with, through Newsworks, we've been doing the effectiveness work. I'm not sure it gets you know the air that it that it that it really needs to, to, to fly. But essentially, you know, that is going through the IPA data bank, you know, and looking at the campaigns, the you know the winners, the, the award winners over over the years. And unpicking those campaigns mm. and you find that actually in, in almost all of them you know the old media of press is still a fundamental mm. part to those campaigns and you know without doubt it's a, it's a blend of media that, that, mm. that is really successful you know rather that makes the campaign really successful not any individual media in, in isolation and I think we need to get better at telling telling that story okay. so I think there's a there's a challenge around trust I think that was that was one and, thing and, and evidence yeah, and evidence, and I think there's a there's another part which is you know in in this world that we're in with with Brexit and you know I think we don't you know we're very you know we're very important as we know to GDP in this country I think the whole you know creative industry is the advertising industry is I actually don't think we're very positive about it I think our trades possibly could be more positive about the industry that we're in mm. you know and I think it you know that lends itself to again the reason why that's important is because how do you bring real quality into this industry mm. you know and we talk about diversity we you know both whether it's an ethnicity or yeah. whether it's in or in sexual diversity I sort of think all those a lot of those things can get answered by professionalizing the industry and actually articulating much much better about the value to GDP the advertising industry brings it's a professional it's a profession it's not just a job and I think that's you know something that we can get much better as, as, as an industry very good that's really interesting I mean um, in your first answer you talked about how you get involved in acquisitions so what recently news has acquired wireless group or relatively recently which has got talk sport and virgin radio um, as part of it so what, what did you learn from the acquisition in wireless yeah um, 
Look, I think we when we look at our business, you know, there are some there are some things that we are you know really really good at, and if you you know. Whether it be whether it be families, whether it be entertainment, in the, in, in the Suns case, the thing that's common to to all of our brands is that people still like to consume um, to consume not just the news but equally the news about sport. Um, people like the the analysis that that, that, that goes on in the print, and people still like to read the report of the match that happened the night before, whether it's a rugby or cricket or a, or, or a football so a football game. So, so I think when we when you look at our business and you look at you know the wireless business, we know that audio is, a, is still a growth um, still a growth sector. I think audio, in all its guises, it's not just about radio. It's it's audio in terms of podcasts, and we've seen mm-hmm. that as a as a growing business. Hence the reason why I'm here. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think it's it's really important to, to, to bring in new skills into the business, to bring in new businesses that complement the one that you, the the one that we already have. And in which case, if you look to you know Times Sport, uh, you know, so in the Times, in terms of our credibility in, in that, with some of the world's fantastic writers, you know, Sun Sport as a as a, as a proposition is certainly around uh, around football and our brand extensions that we've done with with Sun Bets, you know, with Dream Team, you know, we, we're very engrossed in, you know, with sport as are our readers. And to complement that, bringing in wireless and the talent that they they have there means that we can start to put a more rounded picture, mm-hmm. not just for the way that we use all the talent in the business in terms of in terms of the writers and the broadcasters, but equally how do we use those skills that they know in audio to bring more benefit to our consumers through podcasts for, mm-hmm. for, for our readers. And then in addition to that, just bring better value back to advertisers, you know, which is to say, how do you how do you create a sport proposition that can go across radio mm-hmm. and you know and um, and news? And I think that's the bit that's that's really important to us is how do we integrate that? You know, clearly as a as a as an organisation, as a business, and, and through the acquisition, we've realised some of the benefits of the back office. You know, that the, you know we can you know we've uh, you know been very streamlined in the way that we've approached that. You know, we are looking more and more at the way that we work together collectively, not just across wireless and news, but equally across Unruly as well. And there's been quite a few campaigns over the last uh, over the last year, you know, where we've used quite a lot of our media across all of those businesses. And I think that's great for uh, mm. for people in the in the in the organisation. It's great for to work with agencies um, in a way on the behalf of their clients, you know, to bring about that innovation, you know, and I think it's yielding fantastic results, not just for mm-hmm. us but for, for everyone else involved as well in terms of clients and agencies. So fascinating. Um, you and I last saw each other in Cannes. It's yeah. slightly less sunny here. Um, mm. And in fact, only last week I was with somebody who was once again dining out on the fact that they'd come up close and personal with Ed Sheeran. Thanks to you, Dom, because yeah. that was the standout yeah. event, I yeah. think, uh, socially um, in Cannes. But in terms of business value, it is being questioned, obviously, by publicists publicly and by other agency groups are, are questioning the role of it. What do you think the value is of Cannes? As far as you're concerned for our industry, so uh, and I think I'd probably I'd probably go uh, uh, some way back actually, um, and I'll start with Adweek because Adweek, uh, if you remember, for three years we um, were quite a major part of yeah. Adweek in um, in UK, in the UK, you know, and we did that to basically put ourselves back on the map again. I I went in the third week of third year of Adweek. I went over to Cannes for the first time to look at the Cannes Advertising Festival, and I do understand, you know, the you know the the basis from which the Advertising Festival was um, you know was uh, um, started. 
you know, and actually what I what I saw when I was there, and it's probably a little bit different now, but not too different. What I saw there was uh, a bunch of tech companies, a lot of whom mm. most people had never uh, uh, had never heard of. Um, the beaches were dominated by the platforms, um, and even fellow publishers you know, like DMG, you know, almost were you know purporting to be a platform, not a content, not a content mm. creator in in the main online and the boats and the yachts that um, that, that they had. Um, and that's not a criticism. I think it's just an observation, you know. And at the same time, you know, the festival was built around creativity, and the mm. creativity, the people that are really responsible for their creativity, were sort of buried in the palais, from which many people didn't go. In fact, sure. half the people that went to Cannes, I don't believe, you know, actually never pay, trouble the palais. Pay for the privilege of yeah. uh, of going. And you know, my you know my my view is that you know if creativity is the glue that that, that brings you know that helps communicate the message of an advertiser to to reach an end consumer, um, so is what we do. And ultimately, our job is uh, is to sustain professional journalism at scale. Journalists are mm. creators. Journalists are brilliant storytellers. You know, without those storytellers, you know, there isn't much um, that the advertising can hang itself to. You know, it doesn't matter what the format is, but there isn't much that the advertising can hang itself to either. So, so in a sense, that I think we are as valuable as you know in that in in the world of can. I think the content creators are as valuable as the advertising creators. Mm. You know, and my view was that we, you know, we need we need to have a platform there. We need to have a voice. Take share of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and, and that's that's why we did it. You know, and obviously in Cannes, you're competing with everybody else. It's a lot you of know, noise, yeah. It does sound a bit profligate and say that actually, you know, we have Ed Sheeran, you know, we, you have to spend money yeah. to attract the right people. You yeah. have to create the content that people want to come to listen to on, on, on panels. You know, and we, I think we've done that. I think mm. we've established ourselves. As to the business benefit, we KPI everything. You know, yeah. So we go to Cannes. You know, we we do invite. You know, we do invite some people, but we generally find out who's who's going. We try and make sure that we get FaceTime with those individuals. Mm. You know, we're not there trying to do tech partnerships, although we do. Um, mm. For you know, we do uh, develop uh, the relationships with our tech partners and and you know introduce ourselves or get introduced to new tech partners and some of whom we've incorporated into our business. You know, but beyond that, actually, we we also KPI the performance at the back end. You know, and and I would say, you know, wouldn't I? But it's true. Um, that we look at a multiple of what we spend. Um, and so far, I'd say Can in our second year, I mean, the one that's just gone, mm. has probably been our most successful. And so far to date, we're probably three times more than we actually spent on the event. So, so, so you're a, going back? Yeah, we'd go back. We'd go back. I mean, I do hear a lot of the criticism, but I, I, I also think that this is an industry that is, you know, that is built on relationships. There is a lot of FaceTime in Cannes with a lot of people, yeah. both globally and locally, um, you know, in, and in that environment on neutral territory. So, mm. you know, you're not, you're, not in my, you're not in my office, I'm not in yours. Yeah. You know, we're on neutral territory and I think there's a lot more openness to be, to be had there and a lot more transparency to be had there around the things that we could, we could do together. And I think uh, as an advertising industry, you know, remember that if it, if it is built on relationships, then this is a good place to to go and meet a lot of uh, to go and meet a lot of prospective clients, existing clients, you know, both in terms of our agency partners and our and our clients directly. So, so and I think that's really important that mm. we continue to do that mm. as a, as an industry, and it's really important that we continue to celebrate creativity, yeah. you know, and celebrate the media industry and, and, and the think, role of and your papers that in that. And, in role, that yeah. and, and I think and I think can still point. does that. Really interesting. Uh, slight shift in focus. Uh, you love your most bikes. Apparently, from what I read, um, and and G- MotoGP, I've seen that you, you like to watch the MotoGP. Yeah, God, um, I, yeah, I, I do love my motorbikes. Um, 
I sort of feel like I should grow up, you know, and, and oh, well. get one of those, you know, you know, those crusty old gentleman motorbikes. But uh, <laughs> but I can't bring myself to. So I tend to uh, I tend to ride a motorbike that looks like a MotoGP bike, and yeah. you know, it doesn't go as fast. But you know, it, it, it you know, it, it makes me feel. Yeah, it I makes me it. feel pretty good. It yeah. makes me feel pretty focused by the time I get to work when I'm on it. Um, and you do have a lot of fun with it. And what are you riding at the moment? I'm riding a, an Aprilia RSV4 factory. How exciting. And uh, who's, do you have a favourite ri- driver, rider? Well, everyone's got to say Valentino. He's, yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's you know he's a bit like me. He's at the older end of the, the, the <laughs> of his industry, but he's still winning stuff, and he's yeah. still in a big still in a big job. So, you know, um, I think there's lots of things that we could all learn from you know from 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 that. You know, which is if you if you remain fit, you know, you remain focused, you can still achieve a great deal. That race uh, is it against Lorenzo in Catalonia in 2009. I think is the is the greatest last two laps. Of any motor race, I'll, do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's it, the first position swapped about four You'll times. You have to send a link around. I'll send a link around. The great, the great, the great thing about MotoGP is that actually that happens. I mean, it, you know, you're right. It, 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 there are there have been some amazing races, you know, and you know, whilst you do get some amazing talent that rides the top and is so far ahead of everybody else, like Casey Stoner was. Um, I think uh, you know, mostly in MotoGP is a bit more exciting than, than Formula One. Once you're in the front right. of F one, unless you have a breakdown, you're probably going to win the race. You know, in MotoGP, that's you know, just not that's not that's just not the case. It's much much closer racing. And, and to be honest, there's so near death. You know, there isn't much protecting yeah. you apart from you know an inch of leather. Mm-hmm. You know that you got your body in a couple of airbags. You know, but in reality, you're going if you come off, you're going to hurt yourself. Really interesting. So well, on that point, what uh, what can the world of advertising learn from motorbikes, MotoGP? Because there's so many ways you can take this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you'd learn, um, uh, but I, 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 I think I think risk taking is clearly one of the things, you know. And um, you know, the fact that my wife allows me to ride a motorbike when I've got three kids and allowed me to take up motorcycling after we'd had three kids, you know, would argue that I was in a uh, in a midlife crisis, and I probably still am. Uh, but it's damn sight cheaper than a girlfriend. Um, so I think you can learn that as an industry because a lot of people have had a lot of divorces in this industry. Um, but you know, so take up motorcycling; it's much cheaper. Um, so I think what could we learn from it? I, look, it, it's, it's like any it's like any precision sport, you know. And precision sport being, you know, the engineering's got to be got to got to be exact. And I think in mm. our in our businesses, our engineering, we need to know what we're trying to build. You know, and we need to make sure that mm. it goes, you know, as well as it as it as it possibly can be. You have to have talent. Um, in your business, you know, and that is, you know, to compete for the best talent uh, uh, available, you know, and you need to train. And, you know, there's lots of criticism about Valentino Rossi coming off on dirt bikes and injuring himself while he's in the MotoGP season. But the reality is it's right. It's riding on the edge that makes you really good, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in that world. And understanding what happens when a bike's sliding around underneath you is really important on a, on a track, which is why they do, you know, which is why mm-hmm. they do dirt bike riding. You know, so I think it's about honing your skills. You know, and I think that's really important in, in this industry as well. So basically, be as professional as you can be, constantly learn. You know, there is no room, you know, to say that, you know, I can settle in a world settle in a world of mediocrity. You can't. You're putting your life on the edge every day in a bike, you're putting your business at the forefront of everything, you know, when you're in the media industry, just do it really well. Okay, so I, so I I get you now the the Valentino of our industry. Um, <laughs> the Valentino. Unfortunately, I haven't got the same money. I don't wear a number forty six on me. Um, what's uh, what's what's next? What's next? Do you know? I, I love the industry that I'm in. Um, I love the brands that I that I work for. 
Um, I've said that, you know, really at the core of what we do is to sustain professional journalism mm. at scale. You know, I think we are, you know, the department... Which is quite on, a mission. Yeah, it is yeah. a mission. And I think it's a really difficult one... Um, if you have a, uh, you know, as I do, uh, a bunch of salespeople, um, you know, albeit incredibly talented, they don't all get out of bed uh, to sustain professional journalism at scale. Mm. So, you know, whilst it's the core purpose of our uh, of our organisation, because we see the value and we understand that, you know, how valuable uh, creative journalism, professional journalism is, you know, I see it as my responsibility in the job that I'm in to ensure that I you know, help deliver that legacy to, to this business. And my job is purely, you know, to make sure that I'm leaving this business in a healthier place than the job, you know, than when I took the job on, you know, and that's what I'm driven driven by. So so what's next for me? I don't know, you know, if I'm honest, you know, I I get up every day and I try and live my life every day the best that I can yeah. do. In fact, a book that I, is in my bag right now is Be Brilliant Every Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I guess that we all try and do that, yeah. you know, and that's the most important thing for me is, you know, don't worry too much about tomorrow. Be you brilliant today. Be brilliant every day. Fantastic. Now we're on to questions that we ask for every, everybody okay. so we can compare and contrast. These are very uh, much away from the world of work, but the first one really, just to get to know you. So what advice would you give to someone just starting their career in our business? Do you know what? Really enjoy it. You know, I was I was I was saying earlier on you know, when I got in that um, you know I came back from holiday uh, at the beginning of September, and um, there's a lot of people in this industry that I don't think are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important that you do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think you find the thing that you really enjoy in life, and if you're good at it, you'll be really successful. And I think the industry therefore benefits from that type of behaviour. So for anyone young coming into this industry, you get lots of privileges. You know, it's a really fun mm-hmm. industry. You get to learn a lot about a lot of businesses you know which i think you know against your peer group that go into a certain sector a certain profession where you don't talk to a vast array of businesses mm. i think they know a lot about one thing you know i think in our industry we get we tend to know quite a lot about a lot of different mm. businesses and i think that's really really valuable you know and i think so enjoy it learn soak it up soak up the information be ambitious because I think by having ambition in this business, you know, it drives better behaviour, it drives better results for people. So, mm. you know, and also be nice to people because, you know, it's a business that is built on relationships and, mm. you know, you never know when you're going to need a favour, you know, either on the sales side or a, or a, you know, or a buy side, you know, and I think it's important that you value relationships and therefore you treat people as equals most of the time. So, um, you didn't pick me up on most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. That'll do. Um, yeah. As regular listeners know, this is my favourite question. Yeah. If you were a genie, Dom, what five commonly available objects, so I need to be able to get hold of them, these aren't specific to you objects, would I put into a, a magic circle to summon you if I, if I needed you? Um, my wife would say a tablet because I seem to be obsessed with my tablet. It's just uh, that I'm obsessed with any, just any consuming information. Particular one or an just iPad. any an iPad? Okay. I love cool. iPads. Um, don't know why. Cool. A bit passe now, but I love iPads. Um, a pen. I do like writing. Um, you know, and if you do not, I have written a few uh, reports on motorcycles and in, uh, oh, in the Sunday Times. So um, only because they don't like doing the sports bikes, and I do. <laughs> um, and and so you would handwrite that to begin with, would you? I tend to hand. You know, the thing I, the way I remember things is to handwrite hand yeah, things. You know, yeah. so I can stare at a set of numbers. You know, was, you know, always have my spreadsheets, my latest yeah. business. You know, business results. You know, the weekly results. But if I'm going into meetings, I tend to write them out again. Okay, you know, and that's pen. how I remember it. So a pen. A particular uh, pen. Do you have a favourite? 
I have. I, I no, I have one that my uh, uh, my sister bought me on my fiftieth, which I use every day, which is uh, is a Mont Blanc. Um, so, yeah. Lovely, um, lovely Mont Blanc. Fiftieth birthday Mont present. Blanc. Get you one so. of those. Yep. Um, you know, I, I I don't think you're allowed to say. Are you allowed to say family? No. No. Mm, okay. Um, friends. I need to be able to. Well, I could, mind you, I could probably get hold of a few friends of his in the industry. Well, yeah, there's not many. There's, there's, some the, there's some that pretend to be my friends, but they don't really like me. No, no, no. no. ASD's not allowing that. No. No. What am I up to, too? I think a book to read. I mean, I you know, I'll add a book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a business or. Like a so I love trash on holidays. I love the John Grishams only because. Okay, John you know, Grisham. I can get you a John Grisham. We can yeah, get, but yeah. only because I know Relaxing. it doesn't matter what book it is. I'm not going to get lost in it because I know what the story is before I start <laughs> yeah, saying yeah, yeah, so yeah. because they're all the bloody yeah. same. Okay, your um, so a, a, a John Grisham. Um, uh, what else would I like? Do you know what? I, I, I actually like eating apples, which is going to sound really odd. Yep. But I say, why do I want an apple? I just like eating yep, apples. I like great. the texture, so therefore the, an apple. That, that is a first for the, <laughs> the magic table. A particular apple, like a Granny Smith or a... Russet hmm? for the autumn. No, a Pink Lady. Pink, pink Lady. I love pink yeah. ladies. And, um, you know, and finally, I'd, I'd, I, I can get newspapers, can I? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll have the Times and copy the Times and the Sun. the Times. All right. Uh, so there's been a disaster. Your family and any pets that you've got are safe uh, from your house, but the house is going down. What three things would you rush in to save? Outside of my family. Outside your family. Everything alive is safe. Yeah. And it's safe to pop in, so don't worry. You're not putting your life at danger. We've, yeah. you've, got, you've got a window to nip in, grab a memento. Um, the only thing I'd save is the pictures, you know, yeah. and, uh, and and the memories of, uh, you know, of the kids when they were growing up. Um, everything else, if I'm honest... Can burn. You know, <laughs> I, you know, because everything else is just money, and, yeah. you know, and as far as it can be replaced. Um, but the memories, I think, are, you know, and the pictures, probably less so. Um, what's your favourite book? Um... God, my favourite book. That's a really. Uh, I mean, that could be something that you love to read, or it could be some a book that you've given away the most, or something. If you ever give away books, I give away books to my kids. I think my favourite books are the books that the the books that make the kids smile. Yeah. If I'm honest, That's and nice. you know, and, and you know, and I, and I talked about memories in terms of the pictures. Mm. You know, there are memories in terms of you know my kids basically don't want to talk to me anymore because they're a bit older now, yeah. but. Um, but when they were younger, it's nice to be able to, you know, and ask to lie in bed and put on the voices of, you know, of whatever the characters were in, a in, pig? in, in the what, book. What's, yeah, what era? all of those, all of those Peppa Pigs were, you know, were, yeah. were were a part of that, and some of the classics. I mean, just you know, um, so I think just most children's books, okay, cool. because I think they are, you, you know, they're well written. You, I'm going to push you to name one, a favourite. Oh God, a favourite! Now you're asking. I've got to go back in my. I've got to go back about ten, fifteen years, and you know, from when my kids were children, babies rather, I should say. Um, so I'll just take. I'll, I'll. I'll. I will just take the Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. Because Peppa Pig was a common one. If you had to choose one person to play you in a film about your life, hmm. who would it be? Some sort of stud. Um, Obviously, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Valentino can be persuaded <laughs> to leave his most. It's most biking. Well, I mean, I could be really controversial and say, well, the problem is there's not many black actors um, in uh, in Hollywood <laughs> these days. But um, uh, I won't. I won't be so crass as to uh, hmm. uh, as to say that. Um, 
don't know. I, I think, uh, who was it that starred in um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? No. Sidney Poitier. Sydney Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier. I think he could carry you off lovely. In his younger days, obviously. Of, of, oops. He's, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to say this, he's one of my, my mum's favourite actors. Um, see, there you go. There you go. Just again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now I'm going to give you a billboard. Um, you can put it anywhere you like. Where would you put it, and what would it say? Well, you know, I'm, I'm the sort of person that tends to try and hide the light under a bushel. Um, so, um, but at the same time, I wouldn't have a six sheet. Uh, uh, I wouldn't have it in the old Kent Rose. So there's only one uh, for me. It's a it's a night six sheet on the old on the old uh, on the Cromwell Road. Yeah. Coming into London for all those people that come in, you know, yeah. um, and it would be welcome to you know welcome for me if it was if it, if it was a message that I wanted to say. Yeah. You know, it would be about it would be about uh, you know it would be about the opportunities uh, of the ad industry in one of the greatest cities in the world. You know, welcome to London. You know, mm. get into you know, get into uh, get into the media. How oh, interesting! Now, the final question, which you don't have down here, is a random one from this box from the School of Life, which is this is a toolkit for careers. It's just got a hundred questions on it. So, if you could pick one of these, read it out, and then answer it to uh, finish finish us off, Dan. In every one of life's inconveniences is a new business waiting to be born. Which inconveniences interest you? That's quite a tough one. <laughs> this is going to sound really sad. Um, uh, the inconveniences. Um, this is going to sound really terrible. Don't take it the wrong way, hmm. parents out there. But ferrying your children around every weekend <laughs> is, you know, fantastic opportunity because I've got kids. But Jesus, you know, it is my only time, you know, that I get to do the things that I want to do. So the logistics so of that it's with the three logistics. kids is quite... Give me yeah. a driverless car. Give me, you know, you know, a hologram of, uh, of me. Make it something that is just like me. They wouldn't even know, hmm. um, you know, and then they can come back when they've done their football match or been at their party or, or whatever it is and yeah. they get the real me. But, um, but no, that would be the logistics, of, the logistics of, uh, of ferrying your children around at a weekend. If anyone goes and makes millions out of that idea, I definitely mind you heard it here first and I'm copywriting it. <laughs> uh, Dominic Carter, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Tom.